0: radioinfluence.com
1: Welcome to Live Bold and Boss Up podcast. Guys, today we chat with Kristen Gray. She's the CEO and founder of Fence Fighters and at the same time simultaneously we chat with Kate Sawa. She's the president of St. Joe's Hospital Foundation. Such a beautiful conversation that we have today. Um, We chat about how the Finns Fighters Foundation even started, and we chat about how St. Joseph's Hospital Foundation and Finn Fighters Foundation is now connecting and collaborating to help the greater good, to help pediatric cancer, to help the families, to help the siblings. It's such a beautiful story. Grab your tissues. You're going to need it. We are absolutely honored and blessed to have you guys on the podcast. Um, We have Kate Sawa. She is the president of St. Joe's Hospital Foundation. And we have Kristen Gray, the CEO founder of Finn's Fighters Foundation. Thank you both for being on. It's such an honor. It really is.
2: Yes. Thank you. Thank, thank you for having us. I mean, this is really exciting to be able to to talk about our mission and talk about the partnership and how it's formed. So we're we're grateful.
3: Yeah, this is a big deal. So first of all, Kristen, tell us about Finn's Fighters.
2: Sure. So Finn's Fighters started. Um our son Finn was diagnosed with a p- form of pediatric cancer, Ewing sarcoma, when he was five. And our it was an emergency situation. So we were kind of thrown into this world of unknowns, of treatment, and Our friends and family really rallied around us, our school community, excuse me, um, really rallied around us. So, through the course of treatment, when Finn um, was nearing treatment and we thought, okay, it's time to get back to normal you can't write enough thank you cards, you can't say thank you enough, you're so overwhelmed. So we thought, how could we give back and say thanks to the community better than to pay it forward with a nonprofit that started as a small volunteer-run organization with some really amazing ladies, moms, bosses, and board members, um, as well as those that really held our hands, laughed with us, cried with us, were there for us, um, both emotionally, spiritually, and financially. So um, they threw a um, Finns Fighters gala for us. And it was meant to be a gala for our family to pay medical expenses. And it was just such an amazing evening. And ironically... I shouldn't say ironically, I feel like there's not really, you know, there's signs everywhere if you choose to kind of open yourselves to them. And that day we received in the mail our 501c3 determination from the IRS. So that evening we were able to announce that um, the evening was meant for our family, but that we were going to be able to fund the start of Fins Fighters. So that's what we did. We took a portion of those proceeds and um, self-funded the start of Fins Fighters and it's really been an amazing grassroots, um, effort. And within three years post COVID we've hit six figures in donations last year. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing, Mm -hmm. which has allowed us Mm -hmm. to do this.
3: And then Kate, tell us about St. Joe's hospital foundation. And and then I want to hear how the two of you are working together for this partnership.
4: Yeah, sure. So, um, St. Joseph's Children's Hospital Foundation really partners, we partner with St. Joseph's Children's Hospital. And so while the hospital is focused on patient care, they're focused on the operations of the hospital, we come alongside the hospital and help them fund what we say is compassionate patient care, innovation, and supporting our team members. And so, you know, we, we I, I get the Um, ability to meet with our president on occasion of the hospital. And we talk about like, what's your vision? Where do you want to go? How can we come alongside you? And I would say St. Joseph's Children's Hospital is always focused on the patient. It's the Mm -hmm. North Star. And so we had been recently talking about this vision they had around really this kind of like wraparound services at the patient level. And we're talking about um, like mental health support, social work support, meeting that like psychosocial needs, not only of the patient, but also of their family. And so our, Sarah had identified this as a need, and she said, "You know, Kate, specifically, we need it everywhere. Every patient needs it." She goes, "But specifically, I've been really talking to um, our Bayless Cancer Institute about it, and the clinicians there have said we really, we especially need it in our Cancer Institute." So I had, you know, this information. Um, she, she was so eloquent in talking about the vision and the need, and I mean, within days, I got connected with Kristen. And, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't get the privilege of meeting Finn, but I'll tell you, he's impacted me. And, um, what I learned about him and his story and the community around Finn and Kristen's vision. And she, she had on her heart to meet this need, not even knowing the hospital's readiness. And then, you know, magic has happened and Finn will not only impact you know, not only impact me and the people he's met, but he'll impact you know families in this hospital for you know, every day, years to come.
2: Which is really exciting because Finn was an old soul. To know him was to to know his yasher yeah, sure attitude. And um, <clears throat> I, I remember the first moment that we know that that help would have been supportive to us was we weren't sure what was happening with Finn. Like a lot of pediatric cancer diagnosis, there's delay in diagnosis. He had gone to a bounce house birthday party. It could have been growing pains. He slipped out of my husband's truck on vacation. So several different things where it wasn't as if, you know, we were going to the doctors and the pediatrician was trying everything and you don't immediately jump to MRIs and CT scans when it comes to children and diagnoses. So one day he woke up and couldn't walk. And so I took a video of it. I sent it to my pediatrician who was extremely proactive. He um, said, get down to the hospital now. They're waiting for you at the emergency. We got his pain managed because at that point it was in a lot of pain. And he was scheduled for an MRI the next morning. And about 30, 40 minutes into the MRI, an anesthesiologist technician comes out with a piece of paper with a handwritten cell phone number on it and says, um, the doctor wants you to call his cell phone immediately and so we kind of knew like that was the oh bleep moment Mm -hmm. um we found a quiet spot just around the corner and he said i wouldn't normally give you this information over the phone but i left the hospital for my office hours and your son is being prepped as we speak for emergency surgery said there's going to be a nurse she's going to find you and take you um and Sam, the nurse practitioner, came, and she just appeared out of nowhere and said to us, are, are you physically able to walk upstairs? We couldn't even take the elevator. So we were running up a set of back stairs and placed in front of, of who we affectionately referred to, Dr. Magic Hands Haritis, who is a brilliant um, brain surgeon here at uh, St. Joe's. And he said, you have five minutes to tell us what's been happening with your son because we have to... Um, he's got a mass compressing on his spine and he could be paralyzed if we don't operate immediately. So it happens that fast, right? So we realized at that moment we were given this information. We were walked to a waiting room. We were shown where the coffee was and all of that was wonderful. Somebody was there. And then we, we were in the waiting room calling our family. People were coming, It's those moments where I feel like if a call could be made to a practitioner that says we have a family, they're going into emergency surgery, clearly from the MRI, I'm sure the the medical team knew it wasn't going to be a perfect outcome. So to have somebody that we could have there, I think, is what the vision looks like, where that person comes in. And and I think that I'm so grateful that this hospital wants to listen to a mom. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I think that my husband and I would have been greatly served by it. So I know what it's going to do to other families. And I remember prior to, to Kate and I first speaking, I threw out in Facebook land a comment saying, Hey, to all of our pediatric cancer families, if you had a couple minutes in front of the president of, of both the hospital and the foundation, what would you want to talk to them about? And they all said about mental health awareness. And so I think this announcement is just, and I've kind of kept it to just very few people up to this point, but it's going to impact more people than just financial dollars, right? Like this is the biggest financial commitment that Fins Fighters has made. And we're so excited and I'm grateful for a board that is, is willing, able, and super supportive of this, but more so than the dollars it's going to impact the families when they
1: need it the most, so wow, I'm just like trying to <laughs> absorb that right now, and mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine being in that situation right um, and and having to make those decisions like that, but how I mean' it's silver lining, right like mm-hmm. being able to to be like, okay, this is what other people go through and yeah be able to help
4: them. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's really special. It's really special. What, You know, I, I can't say enough about Kristen and her family and her board because, you know, what is just, I find so inspiring personally and personally as a mom and then professionally in the world that I work in is, you know, they, they, they saw a need and they said, you know, we can be part of that solution, mm-hmm. and um, we can impact families to come, and that takes a really special individual. It takes a very visionary board um, to be able to see that and come alongside it, and to the fact that, I mean, how humbling that this is the largest gift they've ever made, that they believe in the hospital, believe in the team, and want to support families going forward, and this child-driven environment. Mm -hmm. And we know it doesn't just happen to a child. It happens to, it doesn't just happen to a child. It (laughs) happens to a sibling. It happens to a mom. It happens to a dad. It happens to the whole family. Everyone's going through this together. And so their vision, their commitment, the grit, um, we're we're just really fortunate to have fence fighters come alongside this hospital.
1: Right. And how amazing is it to have the hospital listen mm-hmm. and you guys connect and collaborate and it's just amazing what you can do right when there's so much passion behind the the why and the reason mm-hmm. it's it's really you know silver lining wonderful right, right. Mm-hmm.
2: absolutely I think that's a really important point that I like to continue to make is that it sets a tone to other families being treated here and coming in as a patient here that families are listened to, we're talking about like what are what are the issues that families need, how can we help? What's the low-hanging fruit and what's the greater mission that um and I think it's important to recognize too when when talking about hospitals and what they've gone through over the last couple of years in terms of financial hits, COVID hits and things like that, you know, the fact that we can be of benefit for the next couple of years and and help that and and basically bring something to the hospital that's in need, but they couldn't yet do. And then the hospital is willing to take over in a couple of years. I think it's an excellent plan. I think it's an excellent partnership. And I can only imagine that it's gonna grow from there. But what it's also gonna do is, tell families, your voice matters. You're not just a patient. You're not just a social security number or date of birth, you know, when you come in and, and I think that's a really important mes- message for, um, the hospital having a longer vision of wanting to be a hospital where families are going to come for treatment. They're going to seek this out. And what's really great about it. I have the unfortunate, um, experience to have been treated here as well as when, um, Finn relapsed at his three-month scan post-treatment, and so he unfortunately, you know, with a lot of pediatric cancers, there's so many different genetic variations to tumors that we found that Finn was overproducing a particular protein in his tumor um, that was causing it to grow rapidly as well as... um, change so that it was he was failing every chemo regimen. So we had to go to Boston and we have the experience of saying okay as a trial hospital people are headed to Boston to try and get certain uh, treatments and trials. What can we do to help St. Joe's be that trial person so that somebody doesn't have to, I mean, I scrambled for days to get a medical flight to get up to Boston. We want our families to be able to say, I can just go right over to St. Joe's and get the stellar treatment. And I don't have to try and get to a Boston and uproot my family. I mean, we pulled Declan from school, like it was all or nothing. And we all went and it was traumatic. It Mm -hmm. was traumatic for the whole family. It was, you know, trauma on Declan, the travel for Finn and then being away and then having the experience, you know, to hear from when you're in another hospital, there are no curative efforts left. And to know you can't go home, you don't have the option to go home. And, and, you know, I think just knowing that this is going to be that comfortable place for families to come for treatment in the future is just, especially now, but I mean, even more so for the people of Florida that can be here locally, it's just really important.
4: Can I just say, you know, one thing, and, um, Chris had alluded to around like the, especially the past few years and the financial strains on a hospital. So, you know, Tampa Bay is not significant. Every market is dealing with financial strains on hospitals because of all the pressures that have been exacerbated by COVID. Mm-hmm. And so, um, while you know I shared with you before that the hospital had the vision for this position, they saw the need, they heard it from the clinicians, they desired to bring it to life. This would not happen without FINS fighters today. You know, and we learned that the position was posted yesterday. This would have been shelved for years potentially if we didn't have the partnership and the boldness of this organization and of Kristen alongside us. So real life changes are happening because of this merriment between healthcare and the community. Wow. That's amazing.
2: I think it just goes to show, especially, you know, watching your podcast and, and, you know, seeing the amazing things in the guests that you have is that, you know, if you have a mission and a desire to do something that, you know, it's moms on a mission, our, our board, our supporters, you know, it's so great to see you and and Sarah within leadership and families is that if you have a commitment to something and a door is closed, it doesn't mean it's closed forever. It just means it wasn't the right time for that to happen and keep that open communication. And I think that's, what's really important is that, and I I had said this to Kate uh, today is that I'm so grateful that she engages in active listening and allows me to talk about my story. Because those that know me know I can talk. <laughs> I'm not usually a, a lack of words. However, she lets me say whatever. And she always sa- says she gleans something different about our conversations each time and really feels like she gets to know Finn. And I think that's really setting the tone for, you know, why this happened now and why it's going to work great. And, and I think that it's just that conversation and the willingness to take constructive feedback and say, you're doing a great job at this. How can we enhance it, you know, and working together. And I think that's, what's important is, is if we're able to have these open conversations in, in the professional field and say, what can we do to make our business better? Because I might think my business is great, but somebody else Right, Perception equals reality. So I think the fact that they're so open and willing to communicate and talk about this and see what we can do, I, I think that I'm grateful for that.
3: Right. Well, both of you are, are perfect examples of why we named our podcast The Bolden Boss Up. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean— yeah what a better way to, to show like what both of you are doing. So I think that's amazing. Um, what's next or what do you see for the next year coming up for Fence Fighters and St. Joe's Hospital Foundation? Like, tell us about what that looks like or what you vision.
2: Sure. So um, we have some great new board members that we brought on, and we are really just kind of reorganizing what I like to call the infrastructure of our organization because literally we started in you know my dining room and. Um, so we're really excited about um, getting organized, doing some grant writing, doing a lot of fundraising, um, and really bringing the mission. We've got some great programs that we're working on. We've partnered with um, some families in town, so we're able to send families on little mini getaways to the beach, kind of enhancing our programs. Um, primarily, Fins Fighters increases awareness of pediatric cancer while raising funds to help families impacted by a pediatric cancer diagnosis so and and we're usually kind of the background silent, just we get a grant request from the social workers or somebody in the community. We vote on it within 24, 48 hours. And then um, we're really proud to say we have not had to turn around, away any grant recipients. It's rents, mortgages, car payments, gas cards. Um, after our gala this year, we um, let all the kids that were part of the planning process do a shopping spree at Target. And let me tell you, Kids can spend a lot of money. (laughs) Um, But they had a great time, and it was really great because, you know, as a mom who's had to tell my friends, um, you have to have some really hard conversations with your children now. Um, And then, you know, that they, you know, I still see that in in how some of Finn's friends remember Finn and, and are impacted by his life and his passing at such a young age. It was great to see all the kids really engaged in saying, oh, if I were sick, I would want to play with this. And if I were sick, like they weren't about themselves shopping, spending a bunch of money. It was all about like, what would you want to do if you were in a bed sick? Right. Lots of Legos and arts and stuff, you know, so. That's what we're doing. We have our gala in the springtime. That's our biggest event. Um, and we're very excited. We're working with um, Tampa Connected. And we're going to uh, work on some projects there as well. So, And we also give back to the local community in a couple different ways. We support Savvy Giving by Design, which is a great organization that redoes. Um, they, they redo rooms of siblings and children facing medical um, diagnoses. And we also support Angling for Relief, um, which is a great organization where they pair with local fishing captains and send families out on just some fishing as relief. Just go out on the water for a couple hours and do some fishing. Um, And then, you know, of course, uh, we're traveling to Cure Fest on Thursday. I help uh, volunteer with Voices of Angels, which is a local bereavement group. But we facilitate bereavement activities to remember our children um, And one of the biggest gatherings of pediatric cancer nonprofits um, around the country and the world now. I mean, COVID has really opened us up, you know. I say, if we think about silver lining, right, yeah. Ashley, that you talked about is that we can reach more people now in the homes, especially with our community being immune compromised so much that we can bring these different programs though. So we're just, you know, we're, we're being voices, we're raising money and we're supporting. It's just kind of a
4: circle. Um, I just get so enamored. I'm like, forget I have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> totally, Absolutely. Like, Keep going, Kristen. Uh, now, I'd say two things to share. One, I mean, really just, focusing on the patient every day, all day, every day. And so one of the things I think is so unique is, you know, we are, we treat children all day, every day, and that's really special. It's Mm. not, you know, an adult hospital that also treats children. So the people in the, in these walls are extraordinary. Mm. Not only their focus on quality, but how they're Mm. so child focused. Um, and you know, uh, uh, infant is different from a toddler, is different from a teenager. The biology is different. And so being able to have people who treat kids all day every day. And I was with our um, director of our ER, our pediatric ER the other day and, and these are just like simple examples. But you know, he was saying, you know, we don't talk about putting someone to sleep. If they have to be sedated, he goes, what if they put a dog to sleep? Mm -hmm. That's a very scary language for them. We talk about, you're going to take a nap. You know, we don't use words like stitches. We say things like string band-aids, you know, and it's all about, you know, the patient, their psychology and they, you know, they may be here when they're eight and they have 80 more years to go. That's different from treating a, you know, a 50 year old every day. So really making sure that we're continuing to pour into our services, um, you know, and our, and our cancer Institute and our clinical trials that are happening here. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing I'd bring up is we have this program, um, every July called Christmas in July. And so we accept donations and toys. And the last Saturday of the month we have this like grand finale, and so all these you know families and businesses come and they bring toys and um, donations, and we have summer Santa. You know, we might have Spider Man come, and it's just a really festive day, and it's like an all call to the community to come and support these kids. And I bring that one up because I'm pretty sure Finn's Fighters' first gift ever, when they were created, was um, Kristen and Declan and Finn came and brought toys to Christmas in July. So it's like such a full circle. Their investment in this hospital is mind-blowing.
2: Yep. yeah, We went to Publix and got some gift cards and uh, some toys. And I just remember, I've got this, you know, I'm I'm so grateful for um, being in a world in this, Age where we have cell phones and pictures, and, and we can capture some of these moments. I just have a picture of the two of them holding hands in the original Finn Spider shirts walking up to Publix to um, help buy the cars. We try and make them um, as much as everything as possible. Declan, as well, because you know, it's you touched on it that when a pediatric cancer diagnosis happens to a child, it's the whole family that affects. and. Declan is just such an amazing, amazing, amazing kid and super sibling and brother. And we want to make sure that he's involved in every aspect of what we do. I mean, even to the point where I brought puppy and Barky because they're just, um, buds and it's important because we don't want him to think, you know, anything other than his brother was great. And, and, and he's excited to continue to help, um, Honor his memory. And, and I'm I I told him the other day I feel special when he says to me, Remember when Finn and I used to do this, and remember when Aww, Finn and I used to do that? Sweet, and he he brings up memories I had no idea. Apparently uh, there was a time where they snuck into the cupboard and grabbed chocolate <laughs> and closed the door. And he goes, Remember those wrappers you found? And I was like, I guess. And he's like, Tee hee hee, we snuck in. And I can just uh, envision that. And uh, for for a child to have that memory, I'm really excited because you know, he was eight when Finn passed, and it was very stressful. And I remember those moments and needing that support, right? Mm -hmm. We had child life and in Boston, we had that therapist. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that by us raising awareness, we can make it so that if a child gets a diagnosis, the doctors can say you have a diagnosis, but we have great treatments now, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the goal in the future. Um, But for now, at least in the interim, that another family has that support and they will have that support here at St. Joe's.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> Same, I know. Go ahead. I love <laughs> it. Well, I was just going to say, um, going back a little bit just to what you were saying, I'm excited about Inspirations, yes. which is your vision, Declan's vision, Declan's, yeah. really, wow. on um, you know creating a program supporting um, bereaved siblings. Yes. Um, which you know, is, is in the works. Yes, um, you yes, know, it's, it's,
2: it's in the works. It's something that as a bereaved family, we find ourselves in a u- unique position that we're kind of worst case scenario, right? Unfortunately. And we find that some families either for their choice, they kind of pull away or they may not feel as comfortable anymore. Um, many different reasons psychologically to where, um, maybe they're not getting the same supports that active treatment or post treatment survivorship families are getting, and we want to bring a um, message of hope. That's where the inspirations comes from. Um, Declan's the CFO, the Chief Inspiration Officer. <laughs> That's awesome. He's helping me write a mission statement for it, and he's really part of the problem that um, part of the <laughs> part of the project. And um, he, we're going to be working with TMI Connection on. Seeing that come kind of come to life. So, you know, it's really important. in in this day and age, especially with children and and everything that, that, you know, can distract them from the everyday things that are important to see young philanthropists starting to come out from this. I'm sure your children see you, you know, doing this every day and what you give back and your kids see what they're doing and our board as well, that, um, for him to be able to be part of that program and it focus on, on really providing opportunities for bereaved families to just, be okay to laugh again, Mm. to smile again, to have memories again, to, you know, you go through those, those grief moments where you you kind of laugh and then you're a little sad because you laughed, but you know, people don't understand how truly difficult it is to wake up each and every day as a bereaved parent, but also wanting to focus on your child that lost his best friend, you know? 17 months apart they were thick as thieves and I think it's just really really important that we continue to focus on these families that it doesn't end with either survivorship or bereavement these kids go through long-lasting or families go through long-lasting post-treatment scenarios and I think Tampa should look out because Finn Spiders is, is really has a lot, a lot that we're going to bring to our community. I agree.
1: Yeah. I can't wait to jump in and help. And I'm so excited. You moved the gala you mentioned earlier to maybe like a Friday. So
2: yes, it's going to be, yeah, we found, um, a Saturday was a little challenging for families in spring and sports. Um, Mm -hmm. and so we moved it back to a Friday. We're very excited, um, about everything. We have Alpert, um, Jason Albert is helping us again this year and I already called him and told him I said, you know, we have this amazing project we're <laughs> coming in the work. So um he's already, you know, thinking of different ideas. Um but it really, you know, I, I do wanna take this opportunity to to thank the people of Tampa Bay to thank our supporters. And we have supporters all around the country and all around the world, actually um, that here, our mission, we don't have any paid employees. We have some operational expenses that we try and write grants for, but we're just a grassroots operation of of some amazing women that, you know, volunteer their time beyond their work days to, you know, really make sure that we can support the families and the money comes in and the money goes out. And it, it wouldn't be possible without our supporters and our donors and so we're really grateful for everybody out there that want to continue to, to watch our mission grow.
3: We are going to put all the information on how to give to Fence Fighters and the St. Joe's Hospital Foundation on our show notes Perfect. and all of our posts. Um, you know, if you want to get involved, you can definitely check out that mm-hmm. and um, we'll put everything on there. But thank you so much, Kristen oh, and Kate, you. for being on here today and sharing your Good story. story. And until next time, live bold and boss up.
0: This is a Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Today, I have a very interesting and it's going to get a little bit controversial as far as influencers go, but I want to talk about the benefits of eating out alone And then I'm also gonna kind of talk a little bit about just some observations I've been making lately when dining out with other influencers. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about dining out alone, it's because it is something that I have been doing a lot of lately. Now, most of you know, I'm always forking around town. It's what I do. I'm always out eating and I'm very blessed. I get a lot of opportunities to eat out at different restaurants. And most of the time when I get an invite, It gives me enough time to invite somebody to go with me. So I started thinking about it and I thought, you know, it's a waste of energy to get upset. I might not find somebody to dine with me. And that's fine because, you know, being, you know, someone who travels a lot or has been traveling for work, I eat alone often. It's usually just me running errands, stopping by a restaurant. Of course, I'm always going to take pictures. So then it kind of. I wanted to turn it around. And instead of being disappointed, I thought, let me look at the bright side. So what are the benefits of dining alone? So I started thinking about it and I made a list. Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.